It's another edition of the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella. We are on air. Bang, bang, baby. Happy 4th of July edition. Uh, we're back at it again here with the 2018 College Gridiron Showcase Watch List Show, episode number two for the 2018 edition. Today we're talking quarterbacks, and who doesn't like to talk quarterbacks, and who better to do that with our NFL Draft Bible Roundtable. Before we get to our close, I do want to remind you that we are brought to you by the NFLDraftBible.com. Check us out, NFLDraftBible.com. Now available, the 2018 prospectus. Yes, you can have the top 100 scouting reports. You can have the top uh, player rankings at each position. we got 500 players ranked. Even cooler, you can have our 2020 vision where we've spent quite a bit of time projecting who the top 10 players at each position will be in the NFL in the year 2020. It was a really cool exercise. We have our rankings, our lists, our analysis, and our scouting reports. Regardless of draft class, nobody's doing it that way. And we got players from 2018 draft eligible to 2020 and everything in between. And uh, let's welcome in the roundtable discussion show here today. Of course, I am your host, Rick Saratella, joined by the director of college football scouting, never leaving a stone unturned. He is Joe Everett. You can follow him at Joe W. Everett. What's happening, Joe? I'm just getting through the rain here in Indy, uh, watching a lot of these quarterbacks we're about to break down, and actually just looking at some surprising depth for this year's class. It's uh, There's a lot of names we got to get to. Yeah, raining here in Jersey too, Joe, and I appreciate you, man, in the switchboard as I'm on the road. And, you know, you mentioned year of the quarterback. I just picked up a college football preview on the cover, Y27 is year of the quarterback, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, we are also supposed to have Justin Gamble. Has he joined us yet, Joe, do we know? Don't see him on the switchboard as of yet, but, yeah, I'll definitely give the high sign when I when I see the Colorado area. Coach. Okay. Gotcha. If we get Craig or Jose, uh, just give me a shot as well. But, you know, let's talk about scouting quarterbacks, Joe, since this is the year of the quarterback everybody's projecting to be. And the College Gridiron Showcase, I think that, you know, with our OTA style of a format, we try to get every quarterback as many reps as possible. We give them a 20-minute running clock and they get to play as many plays as they can. So I'm curious to you, Joe, our first year with NFL Draft Bible being on location, doing what we do, what did you take away from the format? What did you take away from the scouting process? What's a valuable lesson that maybe aspiring scouts out there can take away from our experience? I think you could get a little bit of something from everything those quarterbacks are doing. I, 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 I don't care if it sounds corny, but – uh, I was watching the select roster in one practice, and it was just the quarterbacks in a triangle doing a little long toss to each other. But, heck, that's one of the kids we're about to break down, Tyler Ferguson. He really stood head and shoulders above Eli Jenkins, above Austin Apodaca and Greg Windham, just a natural over-the-shoulder, uh, a, a good motion he, he had with that ball. So, I mean, 
just on the long toss. But uh, one of my favorite drills, I think, and it I think it applies for both receivers and QBs, is that over-the-shoulder drill. I mean, it's just that uh, unspoken communication that both players have. And also you can see if that quarterback's got the touch. Does he lead the receiver? Is he is he in, in, in communication with that stride of the receiver? And I think you can get a lot from a QB with those uh, down-the-sidelines, over-the-shoulder drills, one of definitely my favorite uh, for starters. Yeah, for both quarterbacks and wide receivers alike, because really they both have to adjust. And I think that's the most challenging thing because, you know, on the opposite side of the coin, you have to also maybe not downgrade a QB if they miss a throw. These guys are out here. They're trying to learn a playbook. They're trying to get their timing down. They've never played together. So I do think, you know, you have to be careful with that as well. And I like what you said to start it off. You, you, you talk about quarterbacks. You always want to see not only the command in the huddle, and some of these quarterbacks play in a, in a college program that doesn't huddle, but you want to see just their overall presence and the way they command the respect of the other all-star talents around them because these are the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the best guys from their school, and you, you kind of want to see who's going to be the alpha male, who's going to step up and be the top leader. And usually that guy is, is turns out to be the best quarterback. Now, obviously we won't know, Joe, for quite a while who turns out to be the best quarterback uh, from this year's College Gridiron Showcase alumni, the QB class. But for me, the guy that, you know, fit the criteria with me, kind of stepped up, showed that leadership role, and then even in the drills, just kind of had a little something extra, wasn't scared to fit it into those tiny windows. And I think you're the one that might have pointed that out. And I started watching Bart Houston from Wisconsin more and more and really liking what this guy brings to the table. Oh, he's got adequate height. Uh, he's got the needed arm strength. He's played in some big games. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, – the situation he finds himself in is not too bad if it's uh, they're in Pittsburgh and uh, it's a great system to be in, good coaches around him. Hopefully things work out for Bart. But uh, we got a 201 area code. Is that uh, Rick or Jose? Or, That's probably or is that, Craig. Uh, sorry, Jose or Craig? Yep. All right. Yeah, Get let's uh, let's bring in Craig to the conversation. we got Craig Red, co-founder of the College Gridiron Showcase, on the line with us now. What's happening, Craig? Not much, guys. Sorry, I'm I'm a little late. I was I was digging up the number. I apologize. Hey, man, all good, and that's probably dropping the ball on my part. What we don't want to do during a college good iron suitcase is put the ball on the ground. But Craig, you're just in time for the QB conversation, and some of our QBs from this past year's event, uh, such as Bart Houston and some of these other guys. But you know, while we have you injected into the conversation. You know, Joe and myself were talking about our first time getting a chance to evaluate these quarterbacks and some of the CGS alumni. You know, how has it evolved from the first year with the quarterbacks to this past year? And, you know, who are some of the quarterbacks making some noise going into training camp just to be aware of? Well, I mean, it, it, quarterbacks are always that tough position, right? I mean, that, that's what all the, the league is looking for and, and having problems finding, you know, the, the good quarterback just because – you know, coming out of the spread now, which most of the quarterbacks are, it, it, it's a little rough. Uh, some some of the quarterbacks are making position changes, uh, so it, it's always tough to, to, to truly evaluate them. Uh, but you, you, you mentioned a great one who I think is going to have a great chance, Bart Houston, earlier. 
Um, you know, Dane Evans, I'm not sure, I, I didn't catch the full conversation, but, you know, Dane just signed with the Eagles. And, yep. you know, to me, Dane, Dane was one of those guys that caught my eye. Um, obviously, he had a great career at Tulsa, but I thought he had a really good week at our event. I thought, you know, I, I was excited for him because he did so many great things. And so I'm glad the Eagles recognize that and are going to give him a chance. I think he's going to really catch on and, and, and open some eyes. Um, and then we've had a bunch of players who have made position changes. You know, um, I was, you know, Zach's going to kill me because I was screw up his last name, but Zach Conte, you know, went to Houston and, and make it, making the transition to a tight end. Uh, you know, big, strong kid, strong arm, but, you know, his skill set and his size, Houston thinks you know, he's going to translate to a better tight end, and I'm hearing great reports about him out there as tight end. Um, you know, Tyler Ferguson, I, I think he's going to go out there and really compete with Tennessee. You know, okay. I, I think those guys did did a fantastic job this, you know, this past year at the event, and I, I think that will, will help them. Uh, gain a little confidence and go and compete, you know, for camps and, and compete for that that backup or third quarterback role. Yeah, and you know, I know when we are trying to do our invites and figure out what the NFL teams, you know, what kind of quarterbacks they want. Do they want tall guys? Do they want strong arm guys? But like Jose, our other co-founder Jose Jefferson said, you know, we don't know what the NFL wants. But, you know, we, we provide a lot of talent and guys uh, that Craig just mentioned. Zach Conk, by the way, I know his dad hit me up and hit with the correct pronunciation, but definitely. All right, perfect. Talk about, yeah, he's talking about a, a, a guy creating a buzz in minicamp. That is definitely the one. And, Craig, you know, Dane Evans, that's a guy we had a chance to talk to at the um, media days uh, when we did the – AAC Media Day, and then he had a, a, a fantastic bowl game. Tulsa just uh, had a, a, an offensive explosion for the ages. Uh, but while I have you on the phone, I know we're getting ready to do the media tour again here in July, and we'll be on location at the NEC Media Day, the AAC Media Day. But uh, Northeast Conference, July 20th, a great event at MetLife Stadium, and we were able to kind of – get some background information on these guys, get to talk to them, meet them, find out what their personality is, talk to their coaches, find out what the scoop is from them. And I think the media days definitely serve a, a great purpose in terms of just getting some preseason homework done on these guys. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I was looking last year for the NEC and, you know, we got to uh, to talk to a few guys out there and, Christian Koontz and, and a couple other guys, and, and you're right. It, it really was a, a great opportunity to get to know some of those players a, a, a little bit more before we really got into everything. So that that was always a nice – that was a very nice thing to do. And we'll be there July 20th on location. Craig Red, myself, the whole NFL draft class, we'll be doing the live stream. We even have special co-host Christian Dyer will be co-hosting our live two-hour radio show from the MSG Network, Madison Square Garden Network, co-host of the Justin Tuck podcast over there. And uh, Christian Dyer will be joining us as well. Now, Craig, 4th of July, we know the NFL has no off season, but 
this is the one week where I think all executives, coaches, scouts try to get a little family time, ourselves included, which is why we held back the College Gridiron Showcase watch list. We didn't roll it out this week, but when can people expect to find that on the website, you think? Monday. Cool. We're ready, we're ready to go. So Monday Monday's the rollout date. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I've been, been scouring through it, trying to get myself familiar with, with all the work that, that you guys did. And, but Monday is, is, is the day we, we plan on dropping the watch list. All right, there you have it. Uh, breaking news there, special announcement. If you're a draft Nick, a Sasha Nando, if you're an NFL scout listening, if you're an agent tuning in and want to know who the top senior prospects are, we're going to drop that on you on Monday. We will have over 750 senior draft-eligible prospects listed on the website, cgsallstar.com. And you know what? If you're a player out there or if you're a college coach out there, you say, you know, you think that a player deserves to be on the list and maybe you didn't make the initial watch list. Craig, how can they nominate? We're going to expand this bad boy again a couple months down the road. How can somebody nominate a player? If you go to CGS All-Star and on there we have a link that says player nomination, go there, register uh, or nominate your player, and we will take a look at it and absolutely go ahead and add them to, to our watch list. Well, we will evaluate them. We will scout them and break down their film, and that's the number one criteria. If you don't have the film, we can't evaluate you. But uh, College Gridiron Showcase, invite only. And uh, if you're worthy of the nomination, we will definitely, definitely check you out. And that goes out to Craig, Jose, myself, and Joe. And, Craig, before we let you go, anything else you want to uh, hit the people with? Uh, We appreciate you spending some time on the special holiday edition. Uh, we're we're going to have a little special thing on the website come Monday as well, uh, along with the watch list, and uh, I'm I'm going to leave it at, at special. When everyone goes to the website, they will see, and I I think it will uh, hype everyone up. Oh baby, you're giving me goosebumps, Craigie. Always appreciate <laughs> the time, and uh, <laughs> we're going to chat next week, I'm sure, and. Uh, you and I will be chatting in between time and in the meantime, but always appreciate it, bud. Same here. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Craig Red, co-founder of the College Gridiron Showcase, and always good to get the latest scoop. And, uh, boy, oh, boy, I have a feeling I know what's coming on Monday, so definitely check it out, cgsallstar.com. You can follow on Twitter, at cgsallstar. And, uh, you know, he he brought up, we were talking about Bart Houston when he dialed in, and, you know, I was just about to say that, you know, don't be surprised. Maybe not this year, but maybe next year, Bart Houston uh, giving Landry Jones a, a run for his money as that backup quarterback to Ben Roethlisberger. And Dane Evans, another great story, three-year deal with the Eagles. Of course, um, not not too often you see a team sign an undrafted quarterback, Joe, uh, uh, as a three, three-year free agent deal, like based off of rookie camps. That's pretty impressive. Definitely, and I think also it's kind of the situation there. I think Matt McGloin, who's still on the roster, maybe like last year at his contract, and Nick Foles, they've got an optional clause I looked at real quick. Uh, it's, he's essentially on a two-year deal. So 
They must really like Evans. And ultimately, I think what they see there is a guy that's going to give them a really nice look on scout team, uh, could uh, doppelgang or mimic a lot of other quarterbacks, and just, you know, give them a little different bit of flavor than they've got from Foles or Wentz. And, yeah, like you said, maybe Evans potentially claims that backup job in the next year or two. But uh, them uh, issuing out a multi-year deal for an undrafted kid definitely speaks volumes in my mind. Yeah, very interesting. And, you know, Doug Peterson there, he knows his quarterbacks. Uh, he, he had success even with Chase Daniel there for a brief minute. And, you know, if anybody can point out a quarterback, I think Doug Peterson is a good guy that can do that. Now, the irony, Joe, is the Jets had this guy in their camp and they cut him. So, <laughs> you know, to, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And, you know, even a guy <laughs> like Austin Apodaca, uh, you know, who had a very solid week for us, and he, he had a shot up in the CFL. You just never know because uh, there's quarterbacks, you know, that maybe did not uh, get an opportunity like a, a Dalton Easton from Bryant University there in the, in the smallest state of them all there in Rhode Island and, and really not on the, the national radar. And, you know, you just never know what a team can be looking for. And Craig mentioned your guy, Tyler Ferguson, our college gridiron showcase uh, select offensive MVP and a guy that, you know, suddenly during OTAs, Matt Castle nursing an injury and Tyler Ferguson getting some reps here, Joe. Very, very intriguing because Marcus Mariota, as we know, having some uh, difficulty there staying on the field. Well, that's another thing to think about. And also, the other quarterback there, I think, is just Alex Tanney, the the trick shot ace out of Monmouth that everyone knows from one YouTube video. But uh, outside of that, once again, I spoke last week, this system, this group of coaches is solid. They develop linemen. They develop quarterbacks. I think this is a a great little place for him to be at now. Uh, Matt Castle may or may not get back in, but this little window of time is crucial uh, for Ferguson. Hopefully he can really put out a good impression, not just for the Tennessee coaches, but you know how it works, Rick. Uh, It's a circle of coaches. They talk to each other. They're all buddy-buddy. And, you know, one good word from a QB coach here or there could get him in another camp too. So hopefully this bodes good things for uh, Ferguson going forward because this, this is winnable, but even after this, he, he could find a spot on another team as well. No doubt about it. And, you know, you get those extra reps, you get the extra experience, even though it's OTAs, that could lead to a stronger preseason performance. And, you know, other teams are watching. The other 31 NFL teams are breaking down those preseason action games, looking for a QB. Now, we're going to dive into the 2018 senior quarterbacks. We're going to talk a little bit about those guys. And before we do, I just want to remind everybody again, you can get scouting reports on our top uh, senior quarterbacks and other quarterbacks as well with the 2018 NFL Draft Bible uh, prospectus. Log on to NFLDraftBible.com. Uh, you'll see it right there on the homepage. You'll be able to subscribe at 9.99, folks. 9.99. It's going to be the best 10 bucks you ever spent if you're a draft Nick. Uh, believe me, you will definitely enjoy that. Now, Joe, interesting when we break down this. You know, year of the quarterback, people keep talking, and last year was the year of the running back. But interesting because our top three quarterbacks for the prospectus are all underclassmen. And then you take a look at the seniors, 
you know, there was a report out there yesterday by the NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah that, you know, Sam Darnold is retooling his uh, throwing motion. He could possibly stay another two years at USC. And then suddenly the top QB prospect in the country that everybody's been waiting for to come out could could alter what this QB class looks like. But uh, in terms of seniors, Luke Falk coming in at number four, our top senior quarterback prospect in the country, and then Mason Rudolph uh, at number eight. And that's regardless of draft class, underclassmen included. But, Joe, when you take a look at this QB class overall, what do you see? I I see, like I said earlier, just some really good depth here. Uh, We've got some starters with quality experience, uh, interesting bloodlines. But, yeah, as you mentioned, the underclassmen, that's where the the real elite guys could be. And even if Sam Sam Darnold doesn't come out, uh, Josh Allen would have been the top quarterback in last year's class should he have opted to go. And uh, I still think Josh Rosen has a ton of tools to work with. So, yeah, that, that underclassman group will be just fine without Darnold, although I, I expect him to be in the group. But senior-wise, I really like these two guys up at top, and I do believe it's kind of like we looked at it in, in the notes and spoke previous. It's a tier one of these two seniors, and right now for me it's Luke Falk. I still I think he is a first-rounder, kind of looking more in-depth to his tape, what he's done, career production, and the offense he comes from. It's if I had a first-round pick late, I'd really love to get a chance to get this guy in a camp, get him with the QB coach, because, yeah, what we've seen is pretty tempting. It's another guy. Uh, curious he didn't come out last year, Rick. Well, you know, I know our uh, other co-host, Justin Gamble, is a big fan, also has a first-round grade on him. and back ever actually succeed in the NFL, but you talk about prototypical size, six foot four, two fifteen, quick release, tremendous touch. Uh, this guy actually bring ball. He said he was working on his lower core body, and also bulked up. Uh, two fifteen was his last year weight, uh, but spring ball he was actually weighed in at two twenty six. So a little bit of additional bulk, maybe getting ready for that next level competition. But you said something interesting earlier, Joe, that. You know, should that Wyoming quarterback, who is very raw, Josh Allen, uh, you, you just said he would be the first quarterback selected had he been in this past year's draft. I'm, I'm curious to know how you would project Luke Falk had he been in this year's draft. And, and you know, a lot of people are actually uh, hitting him with the Kirk Cousins comparison. But, you know, would he have been a guy that could have gone ahead of guys like Mitchell Trubisky and Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes or – where did you see him fitting in comparison to those guys? I think he's definitely in, in the first-round conversation as well. Uh, that would have been the guy, I think, once again, at the end of the round, someone would have been thinking maybe he fits right in with that Pat Mahomes where a team, you know, they take a chance at that point. Not necessarily top ten. I don't know if he would have gone there. I'm not sure what the popular belief is, but I've got to think a top 30 pick would have been uh, equivalent to the – so what we've seen, the the clips we have, and, you know, that's – if someone wants to compare him to Kirk Cousins, I'll, I'll bang the table and say he's a superhuman Kirk Cousins. 
I, I think Falk's got a real howitzer where his cousins has kind of developed into it. Uh, Falk makes all the NFL throws, too. And that's the sick part is I don't think we've seen all of Falk yet because of that offense. There's not a chance to throw a ton of those, like, you know, super sideline from the hash far distance throws. But, yeah, I, I think Falk is a, a better prospect coming out than Cousins and definitely worthy. He would have been worthy of a first-rounder last year. Uh, I don't know if he's the top quarterback taken, but, yeah, he's definitely that pedigree. Well, you know, he's definitely in position to leverage his draft stock very well, just, you know, continuing to improve and following up on what has been uh, a great, great career there. Um, Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State, uh, a guy, again, a guy with – Tremendous production, 55 touchdowns, uh, 17 interceptions, 8,700-plus career uh, passing yards. And uh, the third straight year, he has now participated in the Manning Academy, uh, not only learning but teaching there. So he just recently did that, and there's a little bit of a competition. Uh, You see these quarterbacks having fun on their summer break, Joe. You know, Mason Rudolph came in. He, he put the YouTube video out there, hitting his teammate on the jet ski out there. And then uh, the, the following day or two, you know, Jacob Eason over there, uh, the Georgia quarterback had to hit a guy on a wave runner. So uh, these QBs having a little bit of fun, too, here during the summer. <laughs> you know, you got to do what you can. At least they're staying out of trouble. That's uh, what we can't say for them. But, I mean, I like Mason Rudolph. It's just that system. Where what what has that system given us in the pros? Where's Zach Robinson now? Where's Brandon Whedon now? Um, I think Rudolph's got a nice compact delivery, and it appears to be like a three-quarter motion. He's he just doesn't. I don't see like a cannon there. Um, a lot of predetermined reads in that offense, and where the NFL throws are at. I just. I think it's one of those, it's just those RPOs. I'm going to find a mismatch. I'm going to split it really quick and make it based on timing. So I just, I think I need to see a little bit more of Mason Rudolph. Just, um, he definitely is a leader on the field. Like the rest of that team, uh, when you watch games on the sidelines, they gravitate to him. They listen to him. So there's no doubt he's, he's, you know, captain material. It's just, I don't know that he's a first rounder. And once again, this, uh, Gundy system and what it's given us uh, to the next level is not much. So he's the guy that's going to have to break that mold. So I'm uh, hoping he takes a big leap. But right now, I, I think I've got Falk clearly above Rudolph as as prospects. I think they're you know good solid quarterbacks ready to go. It's just uh, I think Falk's just a little bit more polished right now. I agree, and you know that's probably why Rudolph comes in at number eight on our list. But interestingly enough. You know, everybody knows the NFL's ref scout boys over there. They're the top dogs, number one. Just goes to show you the difference of opinion when it comes to evaluation, Joe, because they have Mason Rudolph as not only the top quarterback, they have him as the number one senior-rated prospect in the entire country. So, again, beauty huh. is in the eye of the beholder. But, you know, keep it locked here at the NFLDraftBible.com and remember that. Now, transfers, Joe, this has always been interesting because – you know, you get into a new system, um, and, and things can change. And last year we saw a guy like uh, Nate Peterman come out of Pittsburgh, started his career at Tennessee. Um, another guy at Pittsburgh, you know, coming over from Rutgers, and then Arizona was Tom Savage. Uh, this guy, Max Brown, six foot five, 
220, the USC transfer, uh, playing under T. Martin over there, the offensive coordinator. This guy sat behind Cody Kessler for three years. He actually beat out Sam Darnold, our top-rated QB prospect, to start open up the season last year. And, you know, he's now over in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, with Pat Narduzzi. What can you tell us about this young man? Oh, definitely a lot going on for him there. And like you mentioned, he has beaten people out. Other quarterbacks that now are the talk of the town. And, boy, it is all about transfers nowadays. That's the way of it. Gone are those days of, oh, he's a senior, he's paid his dues, he's waited three years just to get this one shot. Those That just doesn't happen anymore. Guys just fly the coop. They're ready for the next chance. And I think it's a good decision by Max Brown. The one thing – I would hearken people just not to get carried away so fast because let's remember Matt Canada is now in LSU coaching under Ed Ogeron. So I know they've got a good coordinator there now. It's just that magic that they achieved last year at Pitt was uh, something special. I just don't know if they play like lightning in a bottle, but on Brown, this is a, a smart move for him. I believe he's got his degree. So right now he is, for all intents and purposes, a professional football player. So, uh, if he wants to give himself the best shot, this is definitely the way to do it. But I don't know. I've, I, this is what's funny about this senior class. It's full of transfer guys that have uh, picked up stakes, moved on, and gone to a better situation. Uh, Mike White, the Western Kentucky guy, he was, um, oh, from uh, Southern Florida, I think, where he was at. Then Riley Ferguson, the Memphis kid, he was at Tennessee. And uh, Richard Lago, Indiana, Oklahoma State. I mean, it's. These guys, uh, there is no more patience amongst the new generation, Rick. They're ready to play, and they're ready to play now. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, Mike White, another guy I want to talk about here, and just to follow up on that point you made about Matt Canada, you know, that was actually the deciding factor why Max Brown chose Pittsburgh because Boston College and Fresno State were the other two schools in the running. And because of Matt Canada's presence there in Pittsburgh – that was the ultimate decision why he chose Pitt. And then once Canada left for LSU, uh, you know, uh, the the coach Narduzzi, he had to reassure him there that he was going to keep the same offense. He brought uh, Sean Watson there as the offensive coordinator. And, you know, we'll see if he has better success because he lost that starting job. He went one and two and the three games started. And really when, when Darnold took over for him, that, that was really a turning point for the Trojan season last year, but uh, 55 of 87, 477 passing yards and three starts. Uh, and, you know, we mentioned the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of that USC team. Joe, just 20 points per game with Max Brown under center and then twice as many, 39 points per game with Darnold. But you mentioned Mike White, another transfer, a guy who actually began out as a baseball prospect. Uh, took over for Brandon Dowdy, had a great season there at Western Kentucky. Um, struggled mightily against Alabama, though. But another guy here who participated in the Manning Academy and possibly a guy, really, when you when you talk about the depth of, of the senior class, like you mentioned, a guy who could possibly be playing in the College Gridiron Showcase. I would love to see it uh, because, and once again, just to finish the topic on transfer guys, so just one current theme that I always find, they want to play football. It means a lot to them, and that's definitely guys I like to see at that event. And he comes from a high-powered offense. Uh, 
he can also buy himself time, kind of an underrated athlete. And I'll tell you another guy that teammates gravitate toward him. I have to say he may be a little too cool. Seeing him on the sidelines, I mean, this guy is the fawn. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely some good things going to happen to Mike White. The other transfer I wanted to touch on was Riley Ferguson. Uh, I, I know he wants to play ball. I mean, he was supposed to be the starter at Tennessee after Tyler Bray. He broke his uh, mm-hmm. tibia or his fibula or something, took the year off. He ended up detailing cars, painting fences, took a year off. Uh, it, one of his high school coaches kind of had to ask him, do you want to do this, and went to Coffeeville Community, got his act back together. Now he's at Memphis, and I think the rest is history. Uh, I think he's a more talented version of a passer than Paxton Lynch. Uh, Paxton Lynch may be the better athlete, but I think Tyler Ferguson's got a better arm, uh, definitely better placement, and that's a guy that's he's rehabilitated himself and really turned himself. I think Riley Ferguson's a major sleeper in this class. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to chatting it up with him because we will uh, see him out there at the American Athletic Conference and Newport, Rhode Island at the end of this month. So keep the locked NFLDraftBible.com. Of course, on Twitter, at NFLDraftBible, at CGS All-Star. Our big announcements coming Monday, uh, CGSAllStar.com. we got the watch list show. Another really cool announcement that I think people are going to be very, very excited about. Now, uh, FCS guys, Joe, in this year's class, there's always – guys coming out of the FCS ranks, and we saw Carson Wentz, we've seen Joe Flacco in the past, and a couple guys creating a buzz for themselves in the preseason, but none more so than the 2016 Walter Payton Award winner, Jeremiah Briscoe from Sam Houston State, um, brings the size, brings the arm, brings the athleticism here, and um, I believe also he may, may be a, a, a transfer as well. UAB. Yeah, he's one of the, exactly, those poor UAB kids that were basically said, I'm sorry about your scholarship and your football aspirations, go find another home. And, yeah, this is another guy that uh, he had to make the best of a bad situation. He certainly has. He's put his name back on the map. And uh, I haven't gotten a ton of time to watch Briscoe, but really looking at this whole FCS crew, it's a good group of quarterbacks, not just Briscoe, but Matt Linehan, the son of Scott Linehan. Um, I'm a big fan of Devontae Kincaid, and I, I'll just admit it. I spent the other day watching uh, a lot of Kyle Loletta from Richmond. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm coming away hoping he could maybe show up at our event, uh, just a mechanically sound passer. He, he didn't have a cannon or anything, but he puts a lot of zip on his throws. He's really consistent, and this kid can spin it. Um, it's just, you know, a little bit of an injury. His knee blew up on him last year. But outside of that, he is just a, another guy, a true leader, a team captain, uh, just teammates listen to him, kind of a coach on the field. So I think uh, Kyle Lillette is a guy just trying to do my FCS homework for this year, Rick. That's one, uh, the Richmond quarterback, he stands out. And then uh, so does Kincaid. Uh, it's another transfer. He was at Ole Miss. His mother suffered a stroke. And, he just had to get closer to home. She also had an aneurysm, so he's driving back and forth now. Just instead of 16 hours, I think it's just seven. But uh, now he's at Grambling, 11-1 record last year. A pretty big arm, but he's got some serious wheels outside of the pocket. I don't mm-hmm. know what he's going to be at the next level, but Devontae Kincaid, man, he's, he's definitely a pro athlete from uh, what I've seen. Yeah, he can sling it, no doubt about it now. 
You know, I know he's uh, under under 200 pounds. He's about six foot and a half, six foot one. So that draft process, it'll be interesting to see. You know, that's where some measurements could dictate, you know, where you project at the next level. But you mentioned the, the Richmond quarterback, Joe. I'm really trying to sit in a Richmond game here on the NFL Draft Bible Roadshow during the college football season because I do want to see, like you said, all the great traits that he possesses. And, uh, you know, bloodlines were, you know, always bringing you the bloodlines here on the Draft Bible if you're a fan of the podcast. And, you know, Idaho quarterback Matt Linehan, uh, a guy that who was actually very outspoken, very critical of the Idaho program, uh, downgrading to FCS status from the FBS level, but a guy that, you know, is really going to um, show scouts that, yes, not only am I the the son of of the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, but I run a pro style of offense. I take snaps under center, and I have the footwork that many of these other senior quarterback prospects don't. And I think he's a real potential sleeper, uh, if you watched that Idaho Potato Bowl last year where they beat Colorado State in that shootout 61-50, to 50, he really flashed some. Just to close it out on the FCS quarterbacks, you know, I know you haven't had a chance to see much of them, Joe, but this San Houston State team, they made a deep run into those FCS uh, playoffs. They lost in the quarterfinals to James Madison, but 12-1, and one, uh, high-powered offense there with head coach Casey Keeler. In fact, he set an FCS single-season record last year with 57 touchdown passes, 4,600 passing yards. The offense, Joe, averaged 50 points per game. So this is going to be a, a team definitely work, worth checking out during the season. And not only that, he comes with the official stamp of approval from uh, QB coach Scott Bruner. Uh, uh, one of the best QB mentors in the country, a guy who works out of New Jersey, a former New York Giants quarterback, has nothing but big-time praise for Jeremiah Briscoe, the one-time recruited four-star high school quarterback uh, from Baylor in Arkansas, winded up going to UAB and now transferring to Sam Houston State. So there's the FCS guys that we're kind of keeping tabs on as we get ready to enter the 2017 college football season. Um, how about some guys under the and radar? Do you realize, hang on for a second, Rick. Do you realize yeah. then if UAB, if UAB would have kept their program together in 2015, they could have had Jordan Howard, Gerald Everett, and Jeremiah Briscoe. Wow. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. <laughs> they blew it. <laughs> Sorry. They sure did. It's a shame. I mean, yeah. And the way it came back and went away just for a year like that, it's something I've never seen. And ah. it, We've always been a fan of UAB. Um, now, do they still have the same transfer? Is it, is it the Dragons or? Oh man! Yeah, they will be Flip the Blazers. They will be the, the Blazers. Blazers. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Leave it to Joe. Never leaving a stone unturned, and that's why hey. we're going to turn to him <laughs> for the <laughs> under the radar QBs, Joe. And you know, again that that. 2018 NFL uh, Draft Bible Prospectus Prospectus gave us a a great chance to get familiar with this QB class. Uh, Who's a couple under the radar that you might be checking out? I got a couple that for sure. Uh, Brogan Roback 
Eastern Michigan. Uh, you know I'm representing the MAC. Uh, Robrack, he's a really tall kid. He throws into windows pretty well. He's got the touch needed. Um, I, I think he's got uh, pretty hyper arm strength. to see him throw 40 yards off his back foot in one game. Um, I think he's definitely, you know, he's throwing to an area, he's throwing to a space. There's not uh, a ton of super placement, but Chris Creighton, he's got a winner there at that school. It was a big turnaround. I mean, they were 1-11 two years ago. They went 7-6 and six last year. I have to imagine a big turnaround. A reason for that turnaround is Roback. Um, kind of has some interesting bloodlines. He's got an uncle that pitched for the Cleveland Indians. His father played football, Western Michigan. Uh, the rest of the family is a bunch of athletes, and this kid could be the cream of the crop. Uh, he's definitely poised for a big season uh, at EMU just because all his receivers are back. they got some linemen back. This should be another winning year, so he should have another step. And then another guy, a local flavor for our event at College Gridiron Showcase, Dalton Sturm out of UTSA. I think he's another guy, just uh, definitely a sleeper. The Roadrunners are an up-tempo offense, so this is another guy. It's a lot of RPO. There's not chances to see the big NFL throws, but uh, he's got a string of 20 consecutive starts. He's a former walk-on, sneaky athletic. I mean, just really does have some moves. He's elusive. That's what I will give him, and um, he anticipates throws pretty well. Got to see his bowl game. He played through an injury, and, I mean, that just gives you respect from uh, your other teammates. He doesn't, like, once again, there's not a big-time arm there, I don't think, but he could thrive in, like, a short passing game, a timing scheme, you know, like a West Coast deal, but his potential landing spots may be limited. Just a guy that I came away thinking, man, he, he's just a player. Another, I just want to play ball. Just give me a friggin' helmet. And the last guy we we should I mentioned another intriguing senior, uh, Brandon Silvers, out of Troy. Uh, that's another team that's just been on the come up, and a big reason is uh, what he's able to do. I think he's a little bit more advanced in the. Uh, maybe a little bit more NFL ready from the scheme he comes from. He's actually doing some pre-snap read. I mean, I've seen him look safeties off, and he can really manipulate some coverage. So I think Silver's has a real shot. to. He's definitely on the NFL radar, and um, he can make a lot of pro throws, and he, he's really got some zip on his ball too. So, uh, yeah, that Troy quarterback is an intriguing prospect as well. Well, definitely uh, some exciting players now to – to my homework uh, assignment list of, of things to do here in the in the uh, nitty gritty the dog days of the summer here as we hit July. Happy Fourth of July to all of our uh, fellow Americans and uh, also for the Canada today that recently passed or all of our CFL listeners uh, north of the border. So uh, definitely great to catch up on some NFL draft talk. There's never a bad time for that, and that's what we do here each and every week here. College Gridiron Showcase Watch List Show. Uh, this is episode two. We will be back next Thursday, episode three, breaking down running backs, Joe. Uh, you know, we mentioned last year was dubbed year of the running backs. We've seen it make a comeback here. And uh, just a little taste, a sneak peek of what listeners might be uh, able to expect when they tune in next week and listen to our running back preview show. Definitely a, a lot of Kalen Bellage, uh, particularly if Justin's back on. I know he's got a man crush to that. Of course, the Royce Freeman talk will will be uh, no 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 limits. But I'm I'm going to be talking about yet another Western Michigan player that could make an impact. Looking at Jarvie and Franklin, 
Uh, it's just a solid back. And another group, I think, there's some good seniors on this list. And also just recently found out uh, James Butler, no longer at Nevada, going to be playing for the Iowa Hawkeyes as a grad transfer. So that senior class is a changing, and we are going to watch it. Well, you know, just, just turn into the QB transfer show. I'm fine on the yeah. All these transfers. One of the uh, QBs I'm excited about because I reside here in New Jersey. My good old Rutgers, Kyle Bowen, resurfacing here in Rutgers to the uh, Louisville transfer. I'm really excited to see if he can win that QB job and, you know, maybe win a game or two in the Big Ten there for the Scarlet Knights. But, uh, you know, that's going to be just about another episode in the books here uh, for Rick Saratella. Joe Everett, you can follow him at Joe W. Everett. Of course, we had Craig Red, uh, co-founder of the College Gridiron Showcase, along with Jose Jefferson. And, you know, you heard Craig say earlier in the show, Monday, tune in. Special announcement. Not only will we have the watch list, 750-plus senior prospects, but we also will have more exciting news. Check it out, cgsallstar.com. Of course, NFLDraftBible.com, at NFL Draft Bible on all the social media networks. Get that 2018 prospectus. Log on, NFLDraftBible.com. You can get it now. And, of course, plenty, plenty of sponsorship opportunities still available, whether you want to get behind our NFL training camp tour, our college football road show. Uh, we have the media days scheduled coming up at the Northeast Conference, the American Athletic Conference. We're constantly on location across the nation, so there's plenty of ways uh, to get your message out there, help support a great show and some great people. So we definitely do appreciate all of our sponsors, and you can check them out there on the College Gridiron Showcase website as well. Uh, Joe, I appreciate you. I know next week we'll be back with uh, Justin and uh, the whole gang, so uh, Enjoy the rest of the happy fourth. Hey, it's almost another weekend. Take care, everybody. Hit it, Joe. Back at it again. It's another edition of the College Art Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella. We are... On air.